0: Hey everyone welcome back to another episode of spark your fire we are back again another week talking about properties as exciting as always and you know i have to say it's such a dynamic environment at the moment you know like who would have thought that we are now starting to see a change in terms of whether that's property prices whether that's actually the feel across you know the demand that uh, that we're seeing at the moment even though RBA has just increased another 0.25% <laughs> on the cash rate again earlier this week and we we're, we're recording this on the 10th of March at the moment so it's just a, such a fascinating time i guess to be to be seeing and to be living but um you know and i can see john's already agreeing with me by nodding his head but uh, anyway how are you john i'm good uh, david i'm really good uh, how are you doing excellent mate excellent and like i said you know it's never short of actions at the moment yeah. and never short of things to talk about so you know i thought um what better way to wrap up another week here at the moment to uh to touch on a few of the interesting key topics that we thought we, we've seen and um you know uh and, and be able to share our thoughts with the listeners i think absolutely um so i think the to lead in i guess the biggest news piece this week is rba has pulled the trigger again on cash rate. It's another 0.25%. Not surprisingly, I guess, across the market, everyone's kind of expecting that because inflation is still way too high. It's not under control. One thing I do want to point out, though, is based on the minutes um, or the the minutes that was released after that, um, there's been a slight change in the tone in terms of that. So they're saying there will be more tightening to come. Whereas I think in February's notes, there will be more interest rate rises to come in the coming months so there is a subtle difference here in March minutes basically what they I think what they're planning to do here at the moment is they are they are bridging that expectation to say yes we might be we might be having more rate rises but at the moment we want to we may be we may set the ground to pause a little bit see how the data plans out and then make that next judgment call I know John what do you think out of that
1: yeah, I, I agree. Well, certainly, that's what the market is saying. Uh, hearing that the, the rates are going higher, but there might be a pause now. And this is what this is what a lot of sensible people have been waiting for for a while. It's like we 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 all agree that rates needed to go higher, and that one of the biggest problems in the economy was that rates were too low. There was too much liquidity in the economy. Rates were too low. But we also, it's like after having a big meal, the body kind of needed to digest. We just needed to undo the buckle a little bit, sit back and 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 then just process the big meal that we'd had. So we, the economy hasn't had a chance to process the rate rises that we've already had. So if we're going to pause here, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing because we do want rates to stay higher than they were at least in 2021. Mm. That's a healthy thing for the economy. I hate to say it. I'm a real estate guy, but- but it's good for the economy to have savings and capital investment. And you get that because when, when you have higher rates. Um, so if they want to keep rates higher, they're going to need to pause. And it sounds like that's on the cards.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I think in, in honesty as well, when you think about it, there's a lot of fixed rate that's still yet to come off. Like we're only talking about we're one quarter into this current calendar year there's still more people rolling off fixed rates. Um, some families probably still haven't felt the hurt as yet uh, with those fixed rates. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, uh, those people who are on variable rates at the moment are starting to feel the pinch, you know, I certainly yeah. can, can see that the repayment has been going up. Um, and I do agree with you, John, I think, um, you know, until based on RBA stance, they're not, they're basically not going to stop. I mean, they're, their indicator was very clear last month. We're going to do whatever it takes to tame the inflation at this point in time, right? That's the primary goal. And that could be at collateral of, say, the mortgage holders, unfortunately, or the economy as such. Um, My read of it is there's going to be more pain to come um, at this point in time, at least not in the short term. Um, We're talking about maybe 6 or 12 months. The rates will probably stay at this level, if not maybe another one or two um, rises, but... Actually, that that raises a good point, John. I haven't asked you this question. We're not a betting man, but what do you think it will be the terminal rate?
1: What what do you think is
0: going to be the terminal rate for RBA? Like when are they actually going to stop based on the data that you have seen so far?
1: That's a good question. Let me have a a think while I Google something because I want to to answer that question. I always try to look at the Australian two-year yield.
0: Oh, yes. Um, You always got an innovative way of working (laughs) that
1: out. Um. All right. So the two-year yield is 3.47 or 3.48. Okay. So th- history tells us that that's what the central banks follow. So what's the rate
0: at the moment? Because we are on 3.6% at the moment. Oh, really? Cash rate is already a 3.6%.
1: Mm. So, if, so the, again, the RBA, the Fed, they all track the two-year yield. And, mm. and if, if they're above the two-year yield, they ought to be stopping here. I mean, that look. I'm not saying that the next rate, uh, rate, uh, move is down, but if we've gone past the two year yield, that creates some problems for, for the, um, central banks. It means that they're probably too tight where we are. And you know how it always takes one rate rise too many to, Mm. uh, to sort of light the fire and crash the thing. So we, we might be closer to that, but, um, yeah, I'm not good at terminal rates. I mean, I, I, uh, I didn't think that the Fed and the and the RBA were going to do what they did. I really thought that they would just let the um the inflation burn a bit uh because I didn't think that they were going to be as hawkish on inflation as as they are for a couple of reasons. And uh, and they've proved me very wrong. So uh, predicting what's in the the minor central bankers is just uh, way beyond my A
0: grade. <laughs> yeah. oh, you're not. I know you're not a betting man, but uh, <laughs> uh, why why two year yield? If you if I, if, if, that's a newbie question. That's right?
1: just history. That uh, why because you know they're essentially sort of setting the overnight rate, but um, two year yield is generally speaking the extent of time that you can fix. Okay, uh, but I don't I don't know why it always tracks the two year yield, but that that tends to be. Uh, what they track
0: mm, okay yeah so you're saying two-year yield at the moment is what 3.47 or something yeah let's say let's say 3.5 for okay so yeah. yeah that's why they're saying i mean cash rate at the moment is after tuesday this week is it's sitting at 3.6 percent so right. we are now yeah, yeah. heading towards a bit of a tighter um from a from a uh, monetary policy perspective um based on past experiences okay okay um, all right, well, let's see. Uh, but yeah, look, I, like I like I mentioned, RBA is uh, has softened in their tone in the latest minutes, and uh, I reckon in another week or two they'll have their full minutes coming out. So there mm-hmm. might be a bit more something that we can pull apart a bit more later on, uh, yeah. and then we'll see what they say.
1: Look, what what one other one other thing that the other factor is uh, something that we did want to talk about, which which I think this leads us nicely into is what happens to the australian dollar and what does the fed do so mm. if the fed in the us is going to continue to raise we might have no choice just to maintain the the value of the australian dollar we might need to put rates up beyond that which the local economy can support but because we don't want to crash the australian dollar and and lead to a panic in the in the currency markets we might need to just follow suit and raise rates a little bit further
0: mm. and so that's-,
1: that's definitely the case
0: yeah. That's going to cause a lot of pain to the mortgage holders yeah. in Australia because our debt level is completely different to the US debt level in any other countries, right? I think we're one of the top three or four uh, highest debt countries in, uh, in from a from, you know, from a mortgage perspective. So, uh, you know, we're already there's a lot of there's already a lot of people suffering right now on that. But um, if if we are forced to increase cash rate further, which means the bank's going to pass them on to the borrowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what's really going to happen to the property market, mm. uh, John. You know, it's, uh, it's a bit of uncertainty, I think, but...
1: For, for sure. Look, yeah. uh, I don't think real estate is the only game in town when we're talking about real estate because we also know that there are fairly substantial... Uh, shortages of housing we know that the immigration spigots are wide open at the moment so we are i would say we're sleepwalking but into a housing shortage but i think we're already in a in a fairly substantial housing shortage we did that gold to real estate ratio last week which suggests that you know compared to other assets where uh, real estate is starting to look cheap um and then we've got the yield so rents have gone up very quickly making real estate look compelling again so Mm. I, i think that Interest rates are a very important aspect to the real estate market, and it's a very real estate sensitive asset. But um, there, there is a time when, um, given how fast real estate has fallen, that it becomes cheaper than alternatives. And, and that's when investors start to come into the market. And I think, I think we're already seeing that. And we can go through some data in a moment, but we might be very close to that point already. So interest yeah. rates are going to have less and less impact because it's already baked in.
0: Hmm. Interesting though. i got to say, yeah. So, and, and I think that's a good leading into, um, into, I guess, uh, the, the, the data that we're talking about, because looking at the core logic data for by the end of February, Sydney for the first time is recording a positive figure, um, you know, yes. for the month. And that was 0.3% increase. If we pull that apart, houses actually increased for the first time as well, 0.3%, mm-hmm. even though it's a very, very small increase, but it is a positive figure that we've been seeing. How long was the, How long has it been a negative figure? I can't remember, John, about 10 months.
1: 13 months? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. A,
0: a lot longer, isn't it? A year. It? Yeah. A year. Okay, about a year. Okay. So now, now it's about time to turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and units is about 0.1% positive. So both in the positive territory for the first time, um, which is interesting because when you thought about it, you know, um, RBA has just increased the the, the rate, um, another cash rate, 0.25 percent. Interest rate is getting higher. Everyone's repayment goes up. You would have thought that it's, it should continue to continue to slide uh, on on the prices, but that hasn't really happened. Now, according to core logic, I guess the key headline they had was the value decline flattened because of the low advertised stock level, keeping a floor yes the prices. So what they're saying is, you know, the um we are basically the the amount of supply at the moment is just not available or not enough for the amount of demand. And therefore we're now reaching to a point where we're seeing an equilibrium. And that's why the, the uh we're essentially probably gonna see small positive figures, I reckon, from this point onwards. We're not gonna see like one one percent or two percent increases, nothing like what we're seeing in the last two years during COVID period, but Now it's going to go towards stabilisation because we know there's no stock available to buy. Even if people want to buy, there's nothing to buy. Okay, well, the remainder Mm. of the buyers will have to compete against what's currently available on the market, and that's what's setting the floor, isn't it?
1: Yeah, look, that's right. Supply is the built-in shock absorber. Um, We we treat real estate like it's just another investment class like Mm. stocks or bonds, but actually only a small part of the real estate market is for investors, about 30%. 70 percent are people's homes so whether the market goes up or the market goes down it's still uh, acting as its primary function which is accommodation and so yes interest rates will go up but that doesn't mean people are going to sell uh, particularly um not not everyone bought in the last two year at the height of the market most people bought before that so we have to think about a, a real estate as a slightly different beast it's accommodation um, you don't sell the minute you think it's... I mean, I, I think most people who own real estate think it's probably going to go down a little bit further. Mm. But that... And if it was BHP shares, you'd probably sell those. But it's your house. <laughs> so you're not going to. So, yes. Yeah, so supply is a big, a big part of it. Um, uh, and uh, I think supply is down... Um, I think it's about 25% over the last...
0: You got much data around that, John?
1: Yeah. So, look... I do indeed. Um so, it varies per capital, but the the, the number of listings is down fifteen and a half percent over the the same period last year. And remember, it was drying up this period last year. So that um, was 15.4%. that's
0: Australia wide. Fifteen. That's Australia wide.
1: But if you look at the big the the big capitals, so that's fifteen percent Australia wide. Um, Sydney's supply is down twenty one percent. Uh, Melbourne is down nineteen and a half percent, and Brisbane is down seventeen percent. I think Brisbane's just getting started too, so I think you'll see a um, a decline there. This is offset by what what we did, de- de- you know, declared last week was the most overvalued market, which is Hobart. Hobart's supplies coming on, so Hobart has had a nearly a nine percent increase in supply. So, yeah. So if you're in Sydney, there's twenty one percent fewer properties to buy than last year, and um, over the last uh, average of the last five years, we're down like
0: 20%. Mm. Which is, yeah, which is absolutely, there's, like I said, there's nothing to buy <laughs> basically, isn't it, in comparison to previous years and, and all that. And it makes sense because I guess the sellers at the moment are still not confident that they can get the price that they want. Therefore, why would they put the property out there mm. um, as well? So, um, which is, you know, that's kind of just fueling a vicious circle at the moment <laughs> nobody yeah. wants to put their house out there's nothing to buy therefore yeah
1: yeah so what I, I was speaking to some some folks yesterday one of whom was a property manager and the property manager and he's in the eastern suburbs and mm-hmm. he was saying that um he's lost quite a few properties that he's managing to uh to to you know investors selling so he says that there's a right. real um influx that's just getting started of investors selling their properties because uh. even though the rents are going up, they're not going up enough to, to cover the interest. So I th- that sort of flies in the face a little bit of the, and it's only anecdotal, it flies in the face a little bit of the there's nothing to buy. Um, But maybe we start to see supply come on as um, investors start to sell. But mm. that's an anecdote. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I still think people sit on their hands when the market goes down.
0: If they can hold, um, and I guess it comes down to, yeah, if they, if they're able to hold, if the cash flow is still looking pretty positive, um, then yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that investors wouldn't want to be able to sell at this point mm-hmm. in time. Most of them probably have to sell because of the fact that. Uh, the own occupy mortgage is getting too much, um, and 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 the repayments getting way too high. So therefore, they're going to have to basically sell one or two properties to try to basically get the debt down, be able to take a bit of profit, and to cover that mortgage. Basically, so, so if
1: you if you're an investor and you're you encounter distress over the next six months, and there will be a, a lot of people, there like will this. be. So there's there's let's say rents are ten percent higher than they were, uh, but your repayments would be would be higher than that. You can tax deduct the difference. The trick, yes. however, is that you have to manage your cash flow, um, tax return to tax return sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it still it still will uh, flush some people out of the market, um, but investors might be better placed to weather the storm than say r- very recent owner occupiers. Yeah. Anything I'd say about recent oc- owner owner occupiers, they will go through pain, but most most recent owner occupiers have one property; it's their one asset, and are they going to sell? Probably not.
0: They're most likely maybe taking a second job or additional income just to hold on to it and make sure they can afford the repayment, isn't it? Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. No, thanks for sharing that, John. I think that was uh, that was good. Um, what's happening with the auction market at the moment? Can you give us a bit of idea on? Yeah. So the auction
1: clearance rates uh, uh, were well for Sydney. Let's say um, they have been over seventy percent this year. So there's maybe let's say five good auction weekends, maybe Hmm. four this year so far. And uh, all of them have been over 70% in Sydney. Really, really good stuff. Now we know that 70%, the reason we talk about 70% as though it means something is because when the market's over 70%, the clearance rates, that tends to lead to higher prices. It's exactly what we're seeing. So the core logic data that tells us that prices are going up does correspond to clearance rates that are over 70%. So the week before last, the clearance rates were about 74%. Uh, The week before that, it was about 74%. Last week, it was about 71%. And then if you sort of go further into the numbers, where we're seeing the clearance rates, the highest in Sydney, at least, are the premium areas. Um, Eastern suburbs in particular, lower North Shore, Northern Beaches, a little bit in the the inner West. And the reason that's interesting is because as we discussed last week, the, the, the premium segment got hit the hardest and we down the fastest. But actually the premium part of the market bottomed in about November last year. So that was seeing the premium market uh, do really well. Uh, kind of ties into the data a little bit. So uh, that's what, and, and I think partly it's because it's, there's a perception that there's value there. But also when we say premium, I think we're talking about finished product, new houses, renovated mm. houses. People don't want to build or renovate at the moment. So they're, they're paying their premium to get finished uh, properties as well. Uh, so that that's what's interesting. I went to an auction in Hunter's Hill uh, in the last 10 days and um, it was busy and it went one and a half million over the original wow. estimate. So it was, yeah, a, a lot of those, uh, that that end is doing quite well again.
0: And I think you mentioned uh, also, uh, I think Chinese buyers um, are starting to popping back up again, isn't it? Especially in that premium market Um so you got much more to share there
1: nothing nothing um firm other than I read a Sydney Morning Herald article about it that <laughs> that there's a lot of Chinese buyers in in some of those premium segments mm. um, there is it's potential potentially related to you know a bit of a capital flight uh, perhaps um, mm. but
0: uh it, it definitely Chinese buyers are back yeah okay so auction clearance numbers are looking healthy at the moment in, in Sydney at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that I guess that corresponds to uh, the CoreLogic data, which is said that's why it's starting to see a a bit of a positive green shoot coming out. Um, yeah. John, I know we're in March at the moment, and generally speaking, this is starting to get into the busy season leading up to Easter, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Would this be seasonal? Would you reckon these numbers are, are, are due to that seasonal nature? Um, or not really.
1: Uh I yeah, that's a good question. I don't I don't know. I think that, you know, the the weather's still good. It's a good time to sell um sun shining all those sorts of things. Um I'm not sure if there's a seasonal factor. And the reason I say that I'm not sure about it is because I think COVID threw a lot of that stuff out. Um yeah. I think the regular seasons about, you know, the the influx of supply coming in 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 spring, which is sort of that September, October, November period, that didn't happen. Mm. So there might be a massive deferral of decision making to the people who would have sold uh, last year. Maybe they've held off to held on to the current quarter, but I think all bets are off at least for another year or so in terms of what the normal pattern is, uh, because we didn't see that big spring selling season kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if prices are low, what's the incentive to bring for there to be supply in the market? So, yeah. The, 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 it's it's hard to read at the moment. I don't think the I think the cycles are a bit broken at the moment.
0: Okay, so we, we we're deviating from the norm, and I think thanks to COVID, yeah. that basically disrupted everything, <laughs> including the including the seasonal cycles that we usually see. But now now I guess we uh, we will have to start looking and forming a new a new kind of pattern um, post COVID. I guess yeah. Okay, all right. And no, I just thought that, that was an interesting question. It's you know, definitely uh, definitely out of blue. So. Um, Rents, uh from what I'm hearing at the moment, even though rents increases have softened a little bit, but it's still going pretty strong at the moment across Sydney. I don't know whether much you heard much about that, John. But when I jump on say realestate.com, though, you have a look at one of those, you know, Waterloo units, say 221. You know, they built so many of them around Waterloo, right? Still so renting at about a thousand to a thousand, you know, thousand two hundred dollars. I was like, what? <laughs> I can't believe it. I thought you know that in my in my in my personal opinion i would have thought that you can only get around maybe around 800 900 max you know that would be a reasonable price but now they they're, they're sitting way over $1000 and i don't even know how people can afford paying that in honesty and yeah. it's just a sta- stock standard two bedroom you know how those brand new off the plan type of apartments white walls you know everything <laughs> i don't i don't know how they justify in paying $1200 to that extent and i don't even know how they can advertise it but that just shows such a big chronic shortage on the rental properties that's available at the moment for yeah. rent um but have you heard much about any kind of like is the rent still skyrocketing at the moment from your understanding
1: yeah yeah i i they are so rents are up uh 10.1% but that's nationwide houses and units yeah, unit. yeah. Uh, 10.1% over the the previous year. in sydney it's uh, 12% um brisbane and adelaide and perth are going up more like 13% but the devil's in the detail because the the it's units that are really driving this so mm. even in sydney you've got the rents are going up at about 19% per annum but that's phenomenal and so houses are going up at about 8 or 9% um and that kind of makes sense because the minute you open the the immigration spigots, you're going to get a lot of students in and they're going to be looking for apartments. And most people sort of rent, rent apartments, um, particularly younger younger people. So it, it's absolutely, it's it's the re- rental yield is sort of the young, unsung, quiet little uh, sweet spot for, for property investors. Now, I think we kind of have a tendency to alienate real estate investors a little bit. And I think that you, we do that at our peril because that's where a lot of the, Uh, investment property supply comes from being good to landlords is how you get rents down and typically australia is a um is essentially an inexpensive rental market because we have things like negative gearing which makes real estate investing attractive but what it does is suppress rents and and we just need to be careful that we don't demonize our landlords because they're uh, making all this uh, supply available and keeping rents down, and we we don't often. I mean, if you compare places with negative gearing like Australia to places without negative gearing like Europe and the US, their rents are relatively much higher. Hong Kong, for example, very expensive rents. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, it's ha- I've I've got a recent example myself of a very very old apartment in um, let's just say a very small uh, lower north shore suburb beginning with A and ending with Artarman, and um, and it's given away, and, yeah. Like a fifteen-year-old carpet, uh, and the the rent just got renewed, but plus twenty percent. I mean, wow, wow, amazing. No improvements to the property. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, really
0: happening. So. How long did it take to get One that rented out? Just One week. How three. many? How many? How many groups for Just eleven. Groups? Eleven. yeah, eleven. Okay. One open, eleven groups. <laughs> how many offers or how many people can uh, sign just, the? Um,
1: Uh, Just the one. Um, Just the one. Okay. We 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 um. Oh, this secret landlord that shall not be named. uh, uh, They they did put the rent up what they even thought it was worth based on comparables and the offer uh, came in higher. Yeah, yeah, came in higher. Came in higher higher than the asking price as well. So this is just a a brief moment in time. It's not always going to be like this, but um, we don't. You don't want to be so discouraging of property investment that and simultaneously uh, have such population growth Mm. without there being a casualty and the casualties are the the renters. Now, the only reason why uh, you mentioned who can afford this, how do we afford this? The answer is that renters are mobile. Um, uh, Property owners aren't mobile. They can't buy and sell quite as easily, but renters give, you know, they can be out within sort of 30 days and they can find somewhere cheaper. So there is a kind of a fluidity and mobility about renters that, um, which is what the factor that makes this possible, putting the rents up. But yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. Mm,
0: yeah, it's absolutely brutal out there at the moment. I have to say, you know, we're we're seeing what vacancy rate in Sydney at the moment is below one percent now, which mm. I don't think we've seen that for a long time, mm, isn't that's it? Right. So yeah, yeah, nothing, absolutely nothing to rent. And if you look at if you turn your eye everywhere, it's and looking at rental renewals, at least a hundred dollars more, um, you know, easy. And if you don't want it, someone else will take it. Um, So that's just the current situation. But circling back to from a property investor's view, with this skyrocketing rents, and I think we touched on this a few times, it's making Sydney a bit more attractive now in terms of coming back as an investment, from an investment perspective, isn't it? Because the gross rent continues to rise as the rent goes up. I don't even know what gross rent is currently sitting at the moment for units or houses in Sydney, but... um, this is paving the path for I guess the years to come for property investors to surge back into Sydney and whether that could be that could be houses, that could be units, um, whatever. But we've been I think, you know, the Sydney market is one of those that property investors haven't looked at for a long time because mm. just because of the poor rental yield. But yeah, everything goes in cycles. So you know, I, I think I think in the next couple of years, um, Popping this is going to be looking at Sydney again and finding yeah. yields being attractive and then start buying again, the city.
1: Yeah. So, so rising rents make the interest rate story less relevant. Mm. So if you're a, if you're an investor, you're making more money um, because of the rents. I mean, there's that frictional period where the rents have to catch up to the mortgage repayments. Correct. Um, but then if you're a renter, uh, the, uh, higher rents then change the buy rent equation. So um, people rents as rents go up, they're going to be um, sort of ushered back into being a buyer. So you, you're right. We're sowing the seed because the, the monetary policy has been so erratic. We've either had our uh, foot on the accelerator or a or hand you know, pulling up the handbrake. Um, we're either we're, we're being sort of reckless in both directions. Now we're too tight and it's, Pushing kind of uh, invest investing decisions sort of back and forth like this mm. sort of erratic drunken sailor who's walking around uh, the street. So you know th- there are consequences to having such erratic monetary policy in both directions. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. But I can, I can I kind of see where you're going with this. Like there's there's a real case to be made that property are a very good place to be for the next couple of years.
0: And I think, uh, John, I this is a perfect opportunity to bring this up. Um, you are a true follower of the 18-year rule, <laughs> is my understanding. Yeah. Now, just to, I guess, for the, some listeners may not be familiar with that, could you explain at high level what that means?
1: So the 18-year cycle is a hypothesis uh, that came out in about the 90s that said that real estate doesn't, real estate moves in 18-year an 18 year cycle um now the 18 year cycle is made up of two waves higher there's the first wave of 6 or 7 years mm-hmm. um which uh, which goes higher goes higher gently but it is the first stage in a bull market then there's a 2 year uh decline let's call that 2018 19 just for argument's sake sure. and then there's another i think 7 year uh, period uh but the second Uh, seven-year period in this uh, 18-year cycle is far more more dynamic, far more aggressive. So it goes up a lot faster, let's say 2021, you know, 2020, and so on. Now, the the 18-year cycle, uh, by my calculations, I could be wrong because when does the 18-year cycle start is Mm. the big question. Mm. What year do you choose? But if we choose 2012 as the bottom of the previous cycle, the next 18-year cycle should peak out in 2026. And now there is one thing I didn't mention after. After the second wave higher, then there's a four-year correction period, let's say. Let's okay. call it 2008 to 2012. A four-year correction period. that that, According to this, it starts in about 2026, maybe 2025. The reason this is relevant is that maybe we're still in a bull market. Maybe we're still in a bull market. Who knows? But I think we... Uh, Sort of jump at shadows and look at individual months and days and weeks and, but maybe we're going to look at um, the real estate market as though it's a beast that has a decade or decade or two long expiry date. Yeah. And so maybe we're still in the bull market and maybe we're we're going we're chugging along until twenty twenty six and the COVID uh, mischief was just a little bit of an interruption. Mm. Maybe maybe we're on track for twenty twenty six where it tops out.
0: And I think certainly you know at the at this current rate. I mean we are already starting to see a rebound or some more maybe it's too early to tell because we only got one month of data so far but based on our observations on the ground at the moment and our and and you know talking to agents sydney is certainly starting to come back um you know we're seeing demands at the moment shortages is just uh, from the supply perspective mm. and as soon as rate starts to pause um you know and people started to get a bit more certainty around things that's when people, as you mentioned before, they were deferring their decisions. But once we get a bit more clarity, there might be more stock coming up um, yeah, for sale or for buy to buy as well. Um, and also, this is not to try to retrofit the 18-year rule. But funny enough, funny enough, I think last week, Bill Evans from Westpac, being the chief economist there, has came out and say he's predicting there will be seven rate cuts in 2024 and 2025. Okay, so wow, that's seven rate cuts. Okay, yeah. obviously he mentioned before that there will be a bit more hurt to be done, so the rate will continue to go up, which is fair enough. We don't know how many, but he believes that RBA will be doing it way too much. It's too tight, and therefore it's going to kill the economy. And in order to refuel the economy again, he's they're going to have RBA is going to have to drop rates up to seven times in order to revitalize the economy and just. Just, I guess, pause for a minute. What's the effect of having a 0.25% times 7, which essentially is about 175 basis points. So we are today at 3.6% cash rate. 175 basis point is probably about close to 50% of where we stand. So at high level, what Bill Evans is saying, by 2024, 2025, RBAs probably have to halve the current interest rate in order to revitalize the economy again. And by that time, if, if it does happen again, this is just a prediction. This is not concrete, just a prediction. If that does happen, it's going to cause massive shoot up on property prices again, because the demand's going to get refueled again into that. And that kind of lines to me quite nicely to the 18 year rule, because you're saying the peak, the next peak is going to be around the 2025, 2026 period. If rates go down around 2024, 2025, and like I said, you know, we're not trying to retrofit the story here. We're just trying mm. to say, here's what the market's saying, and here's what the 18 year rule theory is saying. Is there, is there a pattern here that we can see that's coming?
1: Oh, look, it's anyone's guess. It's very interesting. I, I didn't know about the um the Bill Evans prediction of seven rate cuts until you mentioned it to me today. So that uh, so it's fascinating. Um look, the it's definitely possible. It's definitely mm. possible. I mean, my my overarching kind of feeling is I, th- I still think we have a, a very minor uh, leg down again. I, I still think that there's a little bit left, a little bit of room left on the downside in Sydney. Okay. Mm, immaterial, but minor. Um, I think we end, I don't know, I mean, 2023, who knows, but then, yeah, 24, 25, and 26. There's three years where you could have, you could grind out 7% growth a year, which is very average. And then we're at the top of the cycle again. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. COVID, COVID changed a lot of things, so maybe the the cycle got broken. <laughs>
0: I guess it's yet to see. But uh, yeah, it was just it's just interesting when you try to marry up these different equations, mm. and you can start to see an emerging pattern there. Now, whether that's going to come true or not, who knows? But you know, I guess we'll find out in the coming months yeah. to see what the data will tell us. Yeah. All right. Sounds good, John. Anything else you want to chip in? no but great great chat
1: really great chat I like how we try to predict but you never know right I mean the, all the predictions know. are going to be wrong that's the problem with the future but uh I look for you know look forward to chatting to you again soon
0: yep no problem thanks John thanks for joining me today and uh, I guess to our listeners thank you all for joining us today as well uh if you got any questions about today's uh episode feel free to just drop it as email uh or leave a comment below um and again you know we're we're just talking generic. It's it's not specific advice. We're just talking about generic. And in honesty, it's just like two guys having a bit of a yarn about what the property market is like at the moment. That's what we want, that's what we're trying to basically get get this, uh, get this segment to. So I hope you all guys all like it. And uh again, we'll see you guys again in the next uh episode of Spark Your Fire. Cheers, John and David.